Morning, Glory America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. That music means it's time for the Hillsdale Dialogue, the last radio hour of the week. This week, I am joined by Dean Matt Spaulding. He runs the Kirby Center in the Hillsdale Graduate Program in Washington, D.C. Dean Spaulding, good morning to you. How are you and what do you think? <laughs> good morning, Hugh. How are you? Uh, Great. I think we're in a messy thicket here. Um, it's not, I don't think it's over. I, I think there's still a lot to be done. There's still be a lot to be happening. Um, I think we should also be looking beyond the uh, presidential election to what else is going on in the country, what signs we have, the politics of the moment, and look at this more broadly. Uh, I think uh, this was not a massive blue wave for a progressive liberalism. Uh, I think that um, the, the less intense focus on, on racial identity uh, suffered some significant blows. Um, the Democrats didn't pick up any state houses and lost in, that, in, in the uh, Congress. Uh, this, is an, this, is a, this tells us a lot about Trumpism, although we should focus on, obviously, the immediate question is the presidency and what's going to happen there. We don't know. Uh, those numbers have really narrowed. Uh, we'll see. But Trumpism, the, the, that general coalition of Americans who are pushing back, uh, seems to be alive and well, and progressive liberalism uh, I think suffered to defeat, and we now see some evidence that the Democratic Party is having some internal splits. Now, at this hour, uh, Georgia is in the Biden column by 1,096 votes. Nevada is in the Biden column, but there is 11 percent left to be counted by right. 11,438 votes. Pennsylvania, with 5 percent left to be counted, is in the Trump column at 18,229 votes. Arizona is in the Biden column by 47,000, but they're very confident, my sources there. So we actually have the closest election in modern American history, Matt Spaulding. Right. No, I, 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 not, only is it, not only is it close, uh, but I think the, the unusual thing about this election is the fact that it's divided in, in, those, in multiple states uh, in which there are some uh, very interesting moving parts. Uh, there are some unusual things. There are things going on. There are you know, uh, there will be recounts beyond that. There's litigation. Uh, this is not only a close election. I think this is a um, highly disputed election. One of the things that said in setting aside, I think we can we can talk about this more. But there are um, some some questions about access, which I think is one type of question. Then there are these questions about potential fraud, which needs to be backed up with evidence. Uh, but I think the perception here, this is a close election, four states, the, the way that you had early voting and later voting and how those numbers are changing, I think there's going to be a, a very large perception question no matter what ends up happening here. Now, Dean Spaulding, I'm trying to model with you how I believe every interview with a partisan ought to be conducted. And I say partisan, I believe you are a Trump supporter, and if you're not, correct me, but I believe you are. I see in mainstream media too often supporters of the president asked closed questions as opposed to open questions. Closed questions are if the, the president said X, do you agree or disagree with that? That's a very closed question. That way you don't get to get to the subject that you think is important. And I'm asking you an open question. Do you think... Oh, Dr. Arn is joining us this morning as well. That's uh, that's like uh, I just drew the two of hearts and the ace of it and the two of spades. It's like I've got a pair of twos in my hole card here. Good morning, Dr. Arn. You're up early for Michigan. Yeah, I'm in Omaha and 
I thought you were calling you me, and then I got the idea that Spalding was working a coup. So I yeah, there's a coup. There's a coup. There, you've been you've been. Good morning, uh, Mr. President. Yeah, good morning, Mr. President. <laughs> it's like Mike Pence called in and Donald Trump showed up, and you know, you know, I'm going to ask the next question too. I asked Matt Spalding an open question. I'll ask you, and then we'll go back to it. What do you think? That's just an open question. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's. Uh, corrupt, and I think it's hard to turn it around, uh, but I don't know that it can't be turned around, and I have some confidence that Donald Trump is going to keep trying as long as he can. Uh, what's hard about it is uh, these mail-in ballots, you know, you how do you verify? If you, I, apparent, there are reports, and see, they're only reports, right? But there are reports that they mailed out enormous mass ballots, and reports of people getting two or three in the mail, but more than that, you know, just who are the people who got them? And then who sent them back? And, you know, there's in, in what, in uh, Clark County, I read, there's a signature verification system in Nevada, but in Clark County, it's yielding radically different results than other parts of Nevada. So it's a it's a big mess. And, you know, so you go sort this out through the courts. Uh, Mark Levin says state legislatures actually have the complete power to pick the electors and that in many of these battleground states, the state legislatures have Republican majorities. So there's a wild idea that, you know, was apparently in the uh, in the Supreme Court case about the Bush v. Gore election. The Supreme Court acknowledges that the states have complete power to do the state legislatures, just the legislatures have complete power to do that. So what do I think? I think it's a struggle, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. It may amount to a constitutional crisis. I think uh, Trump should prosecute his legal options uh, and then see what we find out. Now, I'm not sure I agree that it's a constitutional crisis because Article 2 is actually fairly straightforward. It is up to the state legislatures to decide who the electors are. They have decided in most instances to trust to the popular vote. They could change their mind in places where the state legislatures are Republican. Ron DeSantis suggested the 1876 option last night. But that would be more controversial than anything we have had since 1876 and greatly divisive within the country. Uh, I don't think that's going to come to pass. But I want to ask you, Dr. Ron, like I asked Matt Spalding, outside of the presidential election, what did you see? Well, the election is wonderful. Um, I saw a chart last night about uh, dividing the uh, states up in the presidential race among uh, uh, and, and, in Congre- and in state legislature races among uh, heavily Republican states, heavily Democratic states, toss-up states, leans one way or the other. Trump just has massively better numbers in all except the in the toss-up states, for example, and the Republicans, massively better numbers than the Democrats. And so state legislatures didn't flip, although Eric Holden, Holder was in charge of a huge project to, project to get him flick, flip to control the census. And so... Leave out the count the presidential race. It was uh, a tremendous Republican election. Now, uh, Dean Spaulding, Georgia will have probably two runoffs, and it's not really going to be David Perdue versus John Ossoff or Kelly Leffler against uh, the Reverend Warnick. It's going to be the way we do things now versus the radical Democratic agenda, because if they win both, Chuck Schumer gets charged along with Nancy Pelosi, and by razors and margins, they can expand the Supreme Court, repeal the filibuster, 
Uh, D.C. is a state. Uh, go to socialized medicine. Do you think it will be fought out on those grounds in Georgia, or will it be a race of personalities, which it ought not to be? It ought to be fought on the – this is Lincoln-Douglas time in Georgia. Right, right, right. Well, I, I think it, it largely will determine wh- where we are with the uh, presidential uh, de- decision. If it's not decided at that point, it would be uh, fought out one way. Remember, these special elections in Georgia aren't till, aren't till January. That's pretty late in the game. My guess is we'll have this decided by then. Um, so it'll depend on which way that goes. But look, both of these Senate seats in Georgia, if you look at the numbers, right, Purdue uh, very, very narrowly got, fell under 50 percent. Um, and the other one, if you put the two Republicans together, they've got a majority. So I think adv- uh, Republicans have an advantage there. But can you imagine how much money will be put towards that Georgia, those Georgia races, if it will determine the control of the Senate? I mean, they put 100, was it, is it, was it 100 million to try to defeat Mitch McConnell in Kentucky? More to try and defeat Lindsey Graham. Uh, Dr. Arn, we are live in Atlanta right now, live in Macon, live in Columbus, live all over Georgia. What do you say to the people of Georgia about these runoffs that approach? Think about what the, you want the country to be like. Uh, you know, the the reason this election is way the most heavily spent is and, and extremely heavily in favor of the Dem- Democrats. And look at the places where the money comes from, you know. The big public employee unions, Silicon Valley, you know, all the rich people and their and and power, the rich and the powerful. And so, you know, and the Democratic Party, I've been saying for a decade, this is like the 1850s. It's like a culmination now, because what the, the energy on the left is to reform the electoral system so they can't lose elections anymore. And there's evidence in this. And so it's the stakes are huge. What kind of country do they want to live in? We will be right back. President Larry Arn of, of Hillsdale College, Dean Matthew Spalding of Hillsdale's uh, uh, school in graduate school in D.C. are both with us. Everything Hillsdale is at Hillsdale.edu. We'll continue to get open questions and, and answers from both when we return to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Welcome back, America. The Hillsdale Dialogue is underway on this November the 6th, 2020, as Election Week will stretch into election fortnight soon. Uh, President Larry Arn of Hillsdale College, along with Dean Matt Spaulding, join me. Gentlemen, I want to read to you a tweet posted by the one and only and the uh, irreplaceable man, Mitch McConnell, um, at 7.57 this morning. Here's how this must work in our great country, the majority leader of the Senate wrote. Every legal vote should be counted. Any illegally submitted ballots must not. All sides must get to observe the process, and the courts are here to apply the laws and resolve disputes. That's how Americans' votes decide the result. Dr. Arn. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, just remember, the most sensitive thing in a, a purely representative government, which we have and which Madison calls unique, the first ever uh, built, the sensitive thing is the sovereign may control the government only through elections. The sovereign is the constitutional majority, and we really have no influence on the government except through elections. So if elections are corrupted, then especially in this age when the government itself is a huge force in the land economically, it's more than half the economy, well, then we will, the government will become a thing unto itself, and sovereignty will move from the people to the government. 
So you need clear rules that everybody can have confidence in, and you need them impartially applied. Uh, Dean Spaulding? I think that's absolutely right. I think McConnell is right. I think the... Uh, but here's where, where the rub is. How do you distinguish between you know, a legal and illegal ballot when you have a state legislature and a state Supreme Court uh, changing those rules uh, mid-elections? The state Supreme Court, in the case of Pennsylvania, changing what the legislature itself had said. Uh, so there's the other component we need here is to have a stable uh, rule of law in which this, these uh, elections can happen. And that's, I think that's a concern as well. Now, that that concern has not yet been adjudicated. It has been set aside and right. uh, it, it remains it could, it could alive. I think, yeah. what, I think that's what the president was alluding to. And I think it's what Mitch McConnell is alluding to when they refer to illegal votes. I think they're talking about votes that came in later that are being uh, also counted. And that was the dispute that the Supreme Court did not uh, uh, get involved with, which meant they let the state Supreme Court stand. No, I'm going to the right to come back. I'm going to talk about polling with you two after the break. I want to ask you whether or not you believe the president needs a James Baker-like figure, as has been reported he is searching for, to oversee every move in the election fortnight. Uh, Dr. Arn. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, he's, you know, the, pre- the president, you know, who it's worth saying, you know, he's a very remarkable man. And he's got so much fight in him, and that's been good for the country, in my opinion. It has revealed many things, uh, because C.S. Lewis says you don't know how strong a thing is unless you resi- until you resist it. Uh, and But on the other hand, he's a partisan in this, of course. And so if he can find some respected figure who will do right, then that would be helpful. Do you think Don McGahn is that figure? Uh, well, Don uh, McGahn is a heck of a guy. Uh, anybody he picks, by the way, will be immediately painted as a partisan. And so it will matter a lot about the comportment of the person. And Don McGahn has a wonderful comportment. He's cool under fire and he's, uh, you know, and he's he's deeply aware of the law. And so and he's showed a record of looking for judges who believe in the law and not judge judicial power. So, yeah, he'd be good. You see, I, I do believe they've got to find someone soon. I, I know a lot of the people who have spread out. I have great esteem for Ambassador Grinnell, less esteem for other people who are out and about. But there needs to be a person who speaks hourly as to every issue. And I don't know that the White House is organized yet. Uh, Matt Spaulding, you have a comment on that before we go to break? No, I, I think that's right. They do, they do need somebody like that. The advantage with uh, Baker was he had kind of wide bipartisan respect, at the very least, uh, that allowed him to have that voice. That's difficult right now, but I, I think he needs some other, some other voice. I think I liked his remarks last night. I agreed with him. I liked what he said, but some of it was not even better coming from somebody else. Put that, uh, that That is, he's not a lawyer. Uh, the president's a real estate developer. I never let my clients who are real estate developers talk in court, and this is the court of public opinion. I'd go find my lawyer fast. And James Baker was a hell of a lawyer. Still is. Don't go anywhere, America. The Hillsdale Dialogue continues after this. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt. The Hillsdale Dialogue is underway on this November 6, 2020. I bring you news reports, uh, including uh, the crawler on Fox News that... Vladimir Putin will be stepping down early in 2021 as uh, 
the, quote, president of Russia uh, because of Parkinson's disease. A quick reaction, gentlemen, if true. Again, these are reports. They have not been confirmed by uh, other than the Fox News crawl. I haven't I found it at the nzherald.com and a few other places. But what would be your reaction, Dr. Larry Arn? Well, I've. I've been doing Google this morning, or, uh, and I see a denial 11 minutes ago from the Kremlin, uh, from the Kremlin that that's all nonsense. So I think we don't know. Uh, uh, Dean Spaulding? No, I, I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think the um, they've denied it, but they've also the Russian legislature has also introduced a bill to give ex-presidents immunity for their lifetime. <laughs> Something seems to, to be afoot. We used to read who was who was on the top of the Kremlin and who wasn't. Right. We're all old enough to remember that, right? Old Russian studies, yeah. who's sitting who's sitting next to whom? Yeah, and um, who's disappeared? You know, who's disappeared? We, we got to be. We got to keep these kinds of things in mind uh, as we're as we're moving forward. Like when this came up over the break, the question comes up: What does this do to the relationship with uh, our relationship with Russia, but also the relationship between Russia and China and strengthening China? This puts a, a, a focus back again on on this question of the presidential election and, and uh, presidential foreign policy towards those countries. I mean, you know, uh, Putin, Putin is one, you know, uh, an individual who has extremely strong leadership in, in Russia. If he were out of the picture, that completely changes the, the relative strength of, of Russia, which is already diminishing. Yes, he's actually uh, a dictator. And when a dictator falls... Chaos often yeah. is in his wake. Uh, let me ask you both about um, you know, every few years, the people who run programs at Hillsdale forget that I annoy Dr. Arn, and they invite me up there. And one year, always in January, it's always in January, because that's when it's actually almost impossible to live in the foreign conditions of Hillsdale up there. So I go up there, and one time I gave a talk about Washington, and Arn at the end of it said to me, you were talking about rectitude. And during the break, I was thinking about what quality do we want in the person that we think ought to serve the president as a point person. And I think it's rectitude, Dr. Arndt. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah. And uh, in a very partisan situation, uh, that's the first thing that will be attacked because it is the most important thing. It's uh, be good if people can believe the person. And that's that's, you know, partly just an attribute of character. What are they like under pressure? They have to talk. You get to watch them. Uh, like what you what you know about Trump? Uh, Trump exaggerates. Uh, Trump is a fireball. Trump, is, you know. And so what he looks like is vigorous, determined, uh, 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 convinced, right? And so somebody who looks measured, clear, incisive, unflappable—that would be good. You see, if Dr. Condi Rice could do it, but she can't, she's not a lawyer. And you have to be a lawyer in this situation or it will be Greek. Uh, Matt Spaulding, has anyone occurred to you? Not off the top of my head, but I, I think your last point there, though, I, I would really agree with you. You need an articulate person who know, who's learned in the law, as we say, um, and can articulate. These are complicated questions, um, and you need to parse distinctions between you know, questions about access, which have one implication, but also potential fraud. Uh, you know, correlation is not necessarily causation. You need to be able to explain this in a very uh, level way that keeps us at a point where these things need to be investigated. One of the problems, and to allude to what we were talking about earlier, is 
the extent to which the popular assessment of facts uh, of information itself is broadly disputed when you have uh, polling experts and others who have just gotten the, the, the supposed facts of an election wildly wrong. And now, whether this is true or not, there's a, there's a widespread perception that this, the same people are the ones that are telling us what is going on in these states when it comes to counting. And the numbers seem to be changing very conveniently. Someone needs to be able to not, ex- not only explain the law, but overcome that. Do you know, do you know who I think could do this is, is former Senator Jim Talent. He clerked for Richard Posner on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. He is uh, University of Chicago Law School. He, he graduated from there in 1981. He's a deeply devout Presbyterian man. He's, he's esteemed by his former colleagues in the Senate, and he is of the temperament that one would want in this. What do you make of my of that suggestion, uh, uh, Dean Arn, uh, President Arn, and Dean Spalding? Yeah, I see the coup still going on here. Um, if, uh, well, first of all, I know him pretty well. Yeah, and he's very good. Uh, you need to know or get somebody to help you. Who knows election law, uh, uh, presidential power, which is what McGahn really knows. He was White House counsel. And and he was also an advisor to Trump when Trump was running. So he knows a lot about election law. And so he, your first idea is a very good idea for reasons like that. Talent is – what was talent like as a politician? Talent was sort of in the mold of Jack Kemp. He was always trying to reach across the aisle. He was a big empowerment guy. Uh, you know, he always believed that if we served the – minority people in America, that they would vote in appreciation. And there's signs of that in this election, by the way. And he created, you know, Trump has done enterprise zones, which uh, which talent advocated for decades. So, you know, I just I, had a I had a, a listener in Arizona send to me, why aren't you mentioning John Kyle? Uh, and, you know, it's because we dragged John Kyle back into the list two years ago. And, you know, he is probably... Uh, midway point between Don McGahn and Jim Talent. Uh, and John Kyle actually does have extraordinary stature in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, you know, it. Uh, there's a, a way to be a senator where, you know, where you command respect, not from the most partisan in, in either side of the aisle, but from most. And And Kyle did that and Talent did that. And they would be good for that reason. Of course, uh, another thing is all of that will disappear, right? This is so partisan that anybody. Right, right. Uh, and, and so there, uh, I repeat my point, their personal qualities, what they're like when they stand up and talk and argue is, is going to be a big thing. Remember how Don Rumsfeld became sort of national rock star in yes. the early days of the first Gulf War? Yes. Because he was just good. You know, he just could lay out what's going on and it was convincing and clear so we need that uh now let me speak to you guys about polling it was a debate on nbc last night as making the point that two things can be true the republicans can have had a very good turnout and won significant gains in the house and hold the senate and still have had 
felt the ill effects of voter suppression because of systemically biased polls. Both of those things can be true. Some of my colleagues in the media have trouble understanding that both of those can be true. They ought not to have trouble understanding that. But, Dean Spaulding, am I correct or are they correct? Well, I, I don't see a reason why, why both of those can't be true. Indeed, I think the fact that we're seeing a uh, widespread success in the House and in the state houses and holding the Senate, and now this dispute at the presidential level, um, bespeaks to that. I mean, the the complete failure of, of the polling um, was so focused on the presidential election that they, they did completely did not pick up on what was going on elsewhere. I mean, what Susquehanna and and um, uh, the, the 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 other pollster, there's you know they they didn't get it quite right either, but they were actually much much closer. Um, so. I, I think this, this is largely after after 2016 this year and what's been going on with polling. I think this this fundamentally questions the very nature of that whole um, uh, that whole process. The fact that the media sponsors many of these polls, I, I think uh, you know polling is now seen as part of the the you know, kind of the professional elites that are uh, in dispute themselves. Uh, what I, do you? They're widely untrusted. Larry Arn. Well. Uh, Polling is obviously a license to steal, and there's been a lot of stealing going on. And uh, another fact is that uh, I think it's still true. I know in 2016, state polling, state-by-state state polling is not nearly as intensive as national polling. And so apart from the fact that it starts with an assumption who's going to vote, and you know we won't know for two months, by the way, who has in fact voted. Uh, it starts with an assumption like that, and you can get anything you want to out of the numbers that way. And and the ones who've been closer, Trafalgar and Rasmussen and Susquehanna and somebody else, uh, they they are more careful about adjusting to experience in the past. And uh, Trafalgar, at least, also adjusts for the shy voter. Uh, you know, right. because if the media and, you know, that's a point that you make, you I've never seen the media so openly partisan as it is right now. And if the media is doing that, then that makes uh, Trafalgar says it can be, even be innocent. If uh, a mother of a newborn holds up her baby and says, isn't it beautiful? And you think it's ugly. You don't say that. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, or as my daughter who's about to have a baby says, well, Dad, you would. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you're not in the media. Yeah, tact actually matters when you're talking to millions of people. But I, I do agree. I, I just don't believe they are aware. Self-awareness, let me put it this way, because it applies to radio talk show hosts as well. Self-awareness is in short supply, Matt Spaulding. No, I, 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 I agree. I think part of it is this is the long-term effects of building a um, kind of a bureaucratic elite uh, of experts. Uh, and so I think they are not at all self-aware of how they approach these things. I mean, polling, like with any other quote-unquote scientific uh, method, depends on what assumptions you put in at the front end. And if their assumptions are... Uh, making questions about who will vote and how what the looks like and what is a reasonable position to have, uh, they're going to come out uh, with a skewed a skewed outcome uh, out of the other end, no matter how good the the 
the uh, the model itself is. Uh, but I think this is part of the the long term development of a, a a skewed way of looking at the nature of politics shaped by progressive liberalism over time. Uh, you know, these these are all products of of modern academy and and uh, modern political partisan thinking. And they, you know, the, the, the old notion, as innocent as it was, of somehow an objective, uh, more scientific political scientist who looked at the data uh, seems to have gone by the wayside, uh, not just in this election, but in relatively you know, many recent elections. When we, when we come back, for it. don't go anywhere. I'm coming back for a final segment on the popular vote, which just demonstrates, my gosh. They're both going to get 70 million votes by the time this is over. That's incredible. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. Unemployment continues to drop. It's now below 7%. That is great news. Dr. Larry Arn, Dean Matt Spaulding, both from Hillsdale College, join me. Gentlemen, I want to ask you about military ballots. This is also deja vu. We did this 20 years ago, but there are 9,000 military ballots in Georgia, where President Trump is behind by 1,100 votes. About that, I can only say Georgia is not yet decided. Agree or disagree, Dr. Art? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this, uh, God knows what's going on, as we keep saying. But uh, if there's a whole bunch of ballots in a state, and Georgia, apparently not this state, but Pennsylvania is, that are recorded after the deadline, that are received after the deadline, uh, you know, because we have elections, we have election days, right? Uh, if that's true, and if and if the law in those states says that you can't do that, then there's ground to exclude a whole bunch of ballots, and you ought to do it because they're not legal ballots. And so, it looks to me like big changes are possible depending on what will end up being the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, Dean Spaulding. No, I I, I agree with that. Um, and I, I think we're f- far from over. And once we appoint somebody to oversee this, we will it, it'll it'll turn around. But back up for a moment and think about how for four years they've tried to bring this president down uh, through Russiagate and every other possible way and tried to impeach him. And we've gotten to this where these two uh, candidates are each, I think you mentioned, approaching seven, you know, 70 million uh, votes. The state houses didn't flip. The House picked up numbers. You're holding the Senate. Not only is this a divided country, but uh, it strikes me as a divided country that, that shows signs of intentionally not going to the, the, the kind of blue uh, socialist wave that was expected in all those polling, but indeed suggests there's a, a, a very durable uh, kind of uh, not – it wasn't a fluke, but a durable coalition uh, in one party uh, kind of, like of Trumpism. And, and there are also some signs the Democratic Party is having internal debates about what this election meant for them. Going oh, on there's an enormous – there's a there's a cold civil war in the Democratic caucus, so the Larry Arn. The tectonic yeah. plates are moving here. The fundamental things are afoot, yes. And, and Donald Trump getting 69.5 million votes. Joe Biden has got 75 million votes at this point. We don't count the, – the, the constitutional majority doesn't care. But our networks ought to care. Our pollsters ought to care. They did not see that coming. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a divided country. It's deeply divided country. And, and uh, it looks like 
well, the Democratic Civil War. First of all, Joel Kotkin has a really great article in the American Mind a few days ago. And he says in that article, it's about the divisions inside the Democratic Party. And the people uh, in the Democratic Party who answer yes to socialism, to uh, Puerto Rico and D.C. to make sure the Senate never changes hands, to nationalize health care, that's about 25 percent of them. And the rest of them are, you know, like like people. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a there's a right wing. Uh, I guess we're all in it in the Republican Party. And we think about politics a lot and we've studied it for years and years. And we have strong opinions. Most Republicans are just ordinary people. Right. And uh, I, I'm reminded that uh, uh, Churchill's uh, thing, expertise cannot govern us. Uh, the unbounded ignorance of the plain man who only knows what w- works is a better guide. So there's reason to believe that all of this will come out right over time because the people are not crazy. As of this hour, as we go off, though, Pennsylvania has just switched from red to blue. Donald Trump has lost his lead and Joe Biden has gone ahead by 6000 votes. I don't know if that's dispositive. I have to know where the remaining votes are, but uh, we will have to wait and see. Most of them appear to be in Allegheny County, but I don't know if they have military votes either. I want to thank Dr. Larry Arn, president of Hillsdale College, Dr. Matt Spaulding, dean of Hillsdale's uh, Graduate School of uh, Government in Washington, D.C. To you both, thank you. All things Hillsdale, including applications to the undergraduate college and applications to the graduate school are available at hillsdale.edu. As our extraordinary, extraordinary video series on the Constitution, the founding, the framing, and the progressive era that you all ought to go and see and enjoy and drink, drink, drink deep of. And uh, uh, be not afraid, the most popular verse in the Bible, be not afraid. That is the, uh, the most important thing to remember as we go forward into a long weekend of counts, recounts, litigation, threats, and whether or not by Monday we'll know who the president is, I cannot say. But I'll be here on Monday morning to tell you one way or the other. And, of course, follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, and on uh, Instagram throughout the weekend. I'll keep you posted as I know things. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you, Harley. Thank you, Ben. They've been working extraordinarily long hours since Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. And I must tell you, that is a uh, that is a lot of production of radio, and they have all been remarkable. And so I, I want you to join me in applauding them virtually across the United States. I will be back on Monday as they will be. Updates and your calls, as always, the best guests, the best information, the news that you need, the analysis that you want right here on The Hugh Hewitt Show.